Imagine becoming so out of shape that you struggle walking up a flight of stairs. If that happened to you, what would you do? Would you just resolve to take it easier next time? Or would you fight to get your body and your health back? Megan Jaguer decided to fight, but very gradually at first. Now, Megan is a double Boston Marathon finisher with dreams of completing all of the six marathon majors. She's also a wife, a mom of two young kids, and has a busy career in healthcare. In the past six years, she has transformed herself after not working out at all in her early motherhood into an athlete in the best shape of her life. Today, she'll share exactly how. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. My guest today is Megan Jaguer, an amazing athlete that I coach on the PR team. In this episode, you'll learn how Megan manages a demanding job, a busy young family, all while marathon training. You'll hear her best tips for communicating with your partner to make sure everyone is thriving. And you'll find out the surprising gift that running has given Megan that affects nearly every other aspect of her life. If you've ever wondered how to fit it all in and still train for big goals, this is the episode for you. Before we get into the episode, if you've got a full marathon or a half marathon coming up, now is the time to make sure you have the tools you need. I'll tell you all about how you can reach your potential with the PR team, just like Megan, later on in the episode. But if you're ready now, head to theplantedrunner.com slash group. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. And now here is my conversation with Megan Jaguer. Welcome to the Planted Runner, Megan. Thanks for having me, Claire. This is great. Yes, this is awesome. The reason you are here is because I have had other members of the PR team on the show, and those have been some of my most popular episodes this year. People really want to hear from real runners and hear their stories. Um, They've really just enjoyed the conversation. So I want to ask you first, why did you volunteer to come on The Planted Runner and share your story? Um, Well, I was kind of hoping that my story maybe could get out to everyone else. Like I had a hard time getting into running and staying in running and being a mom of two kids and working full time, it's just really hard a lot. And I kind of fell back into running after, you know, a lot of time off. And it kind of really helped me with my mental health and, you know, be a better person, be a better mom and kind of just be a better me overall. Yeah. And that's really what I'd like to get into today is, is helping people. Cause I think we all struggle with that. Um, you know, whether we're parents, but, or not, it's, if we have busy lives, you know, we're normal people doing normal things. We're not doing, you know, running professionally. So we've got to fit it in wherever we can. So before we get into that, um, you said you had fits and starts with, uh, running. Can you tell us a little bit more about your history? 
Yeah, so I did cross country when I was in high school. I never, you know, kind of did it seriously, just kind of for fun. And then, you know, I went to college, kind of worked out here and there. I had a busy schedule in college and was more focused on academics. So it was never really a priority for me. And then when I was in my 20s, I kind of wanted to get in shape for my wedding. So, you know, I ran and worked out a little then, but I was never you know, a hardcore runner. I did a lot of organized classes because when I had moved up to New Hampshire, I'm from PA, I was by myself. So I kind of just focused on, you know, meeting people, doing the group thing. So running was never like it was there, but it was kind of just, you know, here and there, no, you know, formal training or anything. And then, you know, once I had my kids, I stopped working out altogether for a very long time. (laughs) Wow. Um, I had my son. He was just a very hard baby. He didn't sleep a lot. Um, At the time, I was doing 10-hour days, and then he was with me on Fridays. And honestly, I was just so tired. I really just couldn't make it work. And then I had my daughter. And, you know, when she was six months old, I couldn't even walk up the stairs. And I promised myself I would be not be that person. So that's when I started to go back to the gym. I um, There was like an orange theory that had opened down the street. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go do this. This is a good fit, I think, for me. It's running and rowing and lifting. So I get like a little bit of everything in a class. So I signed up for eight sessions and I kind of did that for a while. And I made it a priority go twice a week, no matter what, twice a week. It just also for my mental health, just mm-hmm. get out of the house because I had, you know, two kids, busy life, didn't have a lot of help working, just needed to get out. Um, and then I kind of saw so much improvement just going twice a week for a year. Like my body was so much more muscular. My paces had increased. And honestly, I wasn't doing a lot. I was doing two hours a week. Right. But kind of after that, I started adding in some more days, you know, maybe one day here and there, and then two days here and there. And then I was up to, you know, maybe five days a week. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, do a race. And I signed up for a half marathon. And, you know, I got a plan online, nothing crazy or fancy. And um, I had a 15 minute PR since when I was in my 20s. And I hadn't even really trained that hard. And it was kind of exciting. So I kind of, it kind of became a thing from then on. Yeah. Yeah. Going from not really running at all or just just doing some running at Orange Theory to training for a half marathon, that's a pretty big jump. Like how long was that training plan that you had? I mean, that was, I had probably been going to Orange Theory at that time for at least like two years. So I could solidly run three, four, maybe five miles. But I probably did the training plan for a good five, six months. Like it wasn't, Mm. I kind of gradually built it up. And that's kind of what I did for my first marathon too. Like I normally, I know you do like a 14 week type thing, but I had, um, my first one was 20 weeks just, you know, cause I didn't want to like jump too high and, you know, get an injury or something like that. Yeah, no, that's very smart. And yes, I do typically do 14 week marathon training plans, but that assumes <laughs> that you already have a base of running and you're absolutely right. Some people need 20 weeks. Some people can get away with 12, you know, it really just depends on, on where you're at. So, so how did you make the jump from that first half marathon to the marathon? 
You know, I was kind of like, I had always wanted to do it, but I was going back and forth for a while about it. And I was like, I don't know, this is going to take up like so much of my life. I don't know if I can mm -hmm. do it. Like, I'm going to miss some stuff with the kids. It's going to be a lot with my husband to organize things. So it kind of sat on it for like a year. And then I finally just, and that's kind of when COVID had happened too. So it's not like mm -hmm. there even was any races. So it's like, I sat on it for a year, but it's not like there was anything to do anyway. Right. So then in October of 2021, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I was, it was funny. I was between the Lowell Marathon in Massachusetts and the New Hampshire Marathon. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to sign up for one close to home just to start. We'll see how it goes. And that year, the New Jersey Marathon got canceled. So I'm so happy that I signed up for the Lowell Marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, New Hampshire's pretty hilly. Was it a hilly race, your sorry, very first one? Massachusetts. Sorry. Oh, oh Lowell, okay. Massachusetts. Gotcha. Um, it actually gotcha. wasn't very hilly. There was maybe two small hills. It's actually a great starter race. Um, a lot of people do it to qualify for Boston because it is close to Boston. So a lot of runners come out to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just really lucky that day. I had an, like the weather could not have been more perfect. It was, you know, maybe 40 at the start, 65 when I was finished, no rain, you know, not a ton of sun, uh, not a ton of hills. And I had a really great pacer that kind of, you know, got me to where I needed to be. And just, I, I feel like sometimes your races don't go really well. And that went really well for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you qualified for Boston on your very first marathon. Is that true? I was so lucky. Yes. It was oh, just, wow. I don't even know all the stars aligned that day. <laughs> I think it was a little more than luck, you know, <laughs> but, but that's awesome. And then you ran your first Boston this year, right? Uh, actually it was last year and my second okay. one was this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what was that experience like? It was amazing. It was actually the first race since COVID. So it had been, you know, I forget what it was, like 900 and something days since, you know, they had had Patriots Day on Patriots Day. So mm -hmm. it was really exciting. The crowds were great. Um, everyone, I feel like, was just so excited to be there because it was the first one in a while. So everyone was just amazing. I mean, you mm -hmm. just can't, like, I hope that everyone at one point in their life gets to run it because it's the crowds are amazing. The energy is amazing. It's unlike any race I've ever run before. Like Lowell was great, but it was a little bit of a small town race. Boston is just every corner, every everywhere there's people cheering you on, no matter where you go, like what part of the race you're on tons of crowd support. Like you can't even walk if you like wanted to, like you've like feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Boston is worth all the hype. If you can get there, definitely it, it is worth it. It is worth all of the effort and logistical challenges to get there for sure. So, uh, what made you decide to join the PR team with me? I actually, um, I found you. So I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to the Marathon Training Academy. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually had heard you on their show. And I love their show. They, um, I relate to them because I'm from Pennsylvania. They're from Pennsylvania. That's kind of how I found them. Um, and I heard you on their show. And your story was incredible. I was like, this woman literally <laughs> is 38 years old and ran a sub three in four years. And she has kids and a life. And, you know, she's not even like a professional athlete. Like, this is amazing. So I kind of felt like you were someone I could relate to because I had hired a coach before and she was fine. But, you know, I really wanted someone that I could relate to that if I could say, hey, listen, like, 
I like couldn't do anything this week or, you know, I need you to do this. I need you to shift this. Like I knew that you would understand because you had been through it probably Mm -hmm. 10 times over. (laughs) And as a coach, I felt like you kind of understood the situation I was in maybe more than some other people. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's get into some of that stuff. You know, both of us are mothers and runners and big goals, big dreams, big jobs. So what are some of the ways that um, you made it work? Because, you know, training for a marathon, especially at the level that you are at, takes a significant amount of time. And yes, it's time away from your kids. So what is what's some of your best advice for how you fit the hours in? with a busy schedule? I feel like as a parent, just like anything else, you just, you have to be creative. You know, I run on my lunch breaks. I run when I drop my son off at soccer practice. I literally run around the field sometimes while he's practicing. Um, I might, you know, go to the gym whenever I can fit it in. A lot of times it's at five o'clock in the morning or at seven o'clock at night. Um, but I also think you have to be flexible in what you can expect of yourself. Like, you know, would I love to get up every morning and work out at 5 a.m.? Yeah, that's great. But a lot of times that doesn't happen. You know, I have uh, my husband um, works in healthcare and he has to be in the in at work at 630. So, you know, it's usually me on duty in the morning. So, you know, sometimes I can make it work. Sometimes, you know, I can't make it work. Um, and I do sometimes like I might take my kids to the track with me. They might ride their bikes while I run around. You know, if I'm doing like some sort of a lift workout, my daughter might be right next to me trying to do it too. Um, I feel like including the kids, you know, sometimes makes it kind of fun. Um, and also, you know, I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive husband. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I really could do it without him. Like if he wasn't as supportive and like helpful as he is, I don't think it would really work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard as a mom. Cause you always have the mom guilt. Like I feel really bad. Like, you know, I'm going out on Saturday for like a three hour run. Like you feel bad, but I also try and manage it around my kid's schedule. Like I don't like to miss their games or any school events or anything like that. Like it's usually, you know, when they're, you know, maybe playing outside or maybe when they're having their like tablet time, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go yes. like do my, do my run. And you know, I feel like you just kind of make it work the best you can. And you try not to feel bad too. Like if I was supposed to go out for a 10 mile run and I could only fit in six or seven that day, you know, it is what it is. I feel like I'm doing the best that I can. And as long as I get out there and do something, it might not be what I wanted to do that day, but as long as I get something in or a large part of it in, I don't feel as bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know when, when my kids were really little, I definitely leaned on the childcare at my gym. Like that was really important to me was finding a gym that had childcare because I could get my workout in and put my kids there in there for an hour or whatever, and then not feel guilty. They're playing with their little friends and having a good time. And then on Saturday mornings, you know, my kids want to watch Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, I don't know if that's even a thing anymore. You could watch whatever you want any time of day. But, you know, on Saturday mornings, they're like, yeah, mom, go for a run, please. We we have things to watch, you know? Oh, <laughs> and that definitely, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely like, eased yeah, my mom guilt. Tablet, mom, sounds good. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I know, you know, a lot of people who are anti-TV or something like that, you know, you're like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But honestly, I think that's good balance sometimes. You know, they get to have a little treat and you get to have your run and it all works out. I totally agree. I feel like everything in moderation, like, you know, you a little bit here, a little bit there. It, it is what it is. And honestly, I feel like as a mom, sometimes I just need it for my mental health. Like, it just mm-hmm. is what it is. 
Absolutely. You're a better mom when you come back because you have checked your box. Yeah. I would love to um, talk a little bit about how you work with your husband, because I think that this is something that people don't talk about a lot. You know, there are runners who are just like, I'm going and doing my run no matter what. And they really lean hard on their spouse or their partner and don't always give back. So, (laughs) but then there's others that go the opposite way. They don't do enough for themselves um, because they're afraid of putting a burden on their partners. So can you talk a little bit about how you and your husband negotiate all this stuff? Yep. Um, I feel like we, we have a good balance. Like I, on the weekends, my husband actually likes to stay up late a lot because he gets up so early and he'll like sleep in on the weekends. And I usually get up with the kids. I'll get them breakfast. I'll do whatever, you know, and then he might get up at nine and then at nine 30, I might go for my run. So I feel like he gets his time to kind of do his thing and I get my time to do my thing. And I feel like we talk about it up front, like, Hey, this is what I'm doing this, this week. I need you to pick up the kids this day. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And the same thing with me, like, you know, Hey, do you like want to go out for a drink with your friends? Like, you know, how you doing? Like, I try and make sure that he has his time in a day and I have my time in a day every day, you know, even if it's just a half hour a day, you know, I think it's important for us each. He also likes to play, you know, disc golf. So I'm like, Hey, you want to go outside and throw through frisbees or something like that? Like I want to make sure that he gets his time and I get my time. And I feel like as long as we both get our time, it kind of works and we communicate about it. And as long as I kind of, I usually let him know, like in the mornings, I'll say, this is what I'm doing today. You know, maybe I can fit it in over my lunch break so we don't have to worry about it. But Hey, like, you know, I had a really busy day today. I couldn't get it in. Like, can you make dinner while I go for my run? Just, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to let them know maybe ahead of time too, instead of like him walking through the door and being like, all right, I got to go by. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I I love all of that. Like communication, organization, planning. This is like type A stuff that's right up my alley. (laughs) Yeah. And it's perfect because most runners are, I mean, that's a stereotype for a reason. Um, But yeah, communication and planning really, really make a difference. So, so you, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. How do you cope when you don't, when you're not able to fit it all in, you know, we think, oh, we can have it all, but honestly, we can't have it all, all the time. It just, we can't. Um, how do you, how do you cope when, you know, you either miss a run or on your schedule or you miss something with the kids, like one or the other has to give sometimes and, and how do you mentally handle it? I feel like, um, you know, I try, if I'm going to miss a run, I try and miss one of the easier runs. And I try, I really try and focus on getting in like my speed workouts and my long run for the week. Like, you know, if I miss like a five, six mile run, I feel like, you know, if you're marathon training, everyone knows like a five, six mile run, like, I feel like isn't that big of a deal. Like missing a long run sometimes, you know, I think it makes me feel more bad than anything, but I also feel like if you miss a long run once in a week, once, you know, once during your training cycle, twice during your training cycle, it's not going to, you know, totally break your whole training. And I feel like you just have to be in the mindset that, you know, life happens, you know, kids happen, jobs happen, families happen, illnesses happen a lot in my house. Um, (laughs) And you just kind of got to make it work, you know, and don't feel bad about it. You're doing the best that you can on any day. And don't feel bad if you miss something. If you're constantly missing it, maybe you might have to think, maybe marathon training just isn't working for me right now. It could work in the future, maybe not right now. 
But I feel like as long as you kind of have like a little bit of a balance, then it, you can make it work. And you kind of set it as a priority. Like I set running as a priority. It is, you know, I, uh, not everyone does that. Not everyone likes running. I love running. I set it as a priority in my life. Other people have other hobbies they set as a priority in life, but running is a priority in my life. So I try not to prioritize it over my family, but I do prioritize it in my life probably more than the average person. Before I get back to the conversation, I want to talk about a massive problem that I see with runners everywhere, and especially plant-based runners. You know that I'm the first to tell you that you can absolutely get everything you need from a plant-based diet as an endurance runner, but most runners are struggling. With our busy lives and time-consuming training schedules, making sure that you get enough to fuel your training and making sure that it's actually optimal for your health and performance is a real challenge. So that's why I tell all my athletes to make nutrition simpler and get Neurofi Plus by Prevenex. In less than a minute, you can mix their superior quality protein shake up with just water in a shaker bottle, and it actually tastes delicious. That is not the case with other plant-based powders I've tried. You can enjoy Neurofy right after a workout, knowing you are getting everything you need for muscle repair with none of the junk that you're gonna get in one of the lower quality powders. Another cool way to use it is to mix up a couple of scoops with water or warm plant-based milk right before bed. Studies have shown that taking 20 to 30 grams of protein right before bed is the optimal time for protein synthesis and muscle repair that we all need. Look, this is the only product that I'm working with and that's for a very good reason. I believe in Prevenex quality, their mission, and I use Neurofi Plus myself. And I'm not the only one. Lindsay Hine of All Have Another, Jason Fitzgerald of Strength Running, Whitney Hines of The Mother Runners, Elite Athlete, Emily Enfeld, and so many others in the running world are passionate about Prevenex too. If you're ready to simplify your nutrition and optimize your fueling, you can try Neurofi for 15% off the regular price with my code PR15. That's PR15 at Prevenex.com. I want to tell you about a unique opportunity for you to get stronger, faster, and stay motivated to hit all your running and nutrition goals this year, and that is to join the PR team. I started it last fall, and I have to tell you, it's even better than I imagined. Each member of the team gets a custom training plan made by me for you based on your unique fitness, goals, and lifestyle. Everything you need to crush your running dreams is included, such as strength training, recovery, and even cross-training if you want it. I include weekly mental strength training as well as tips and nutrition guides. But here's where it gets really cool. The group has its own page in the app where we share workouts, ask training questions, and get feedback from me and the other teammates. And each week, I create an exclusive private podcast just for the team based on the questions I get and what I see in their training each week. And I usually end up sharing behind the scenes and exclusive sneak peeks with the team that I don't share anywhere else. So instead of joining a Facebook group or sitting through another Zoom call, you get to listen to tailored advice on the run and you don't have to do all of this alone. 
So if you are ready to take your running to the next level and join an amazing team of runners, head to theplantedrunner.com slash group and join us today. It's more affordable than you think, and I can't wait to have you. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing is when your kids are older, my kids are teenagers now, so you know, they can stay home <laughs> by themselves and I can go out and run when almost whenever I want. So, you know, but when they're at that young age where they really can't be on their own, um, it's it definitely gets trickier. So do you have any um other tips that you haven't mentioned that is helpful for parents of young kids? Um, I'm trying to think parents of young kids. Um, I feel like my biggest thing is including them in it. Um, and then also like I've made a lot of friends in the area too, that, you know, I can be like, Hey, will you like watch my kids for like, you know, like a little bit why I do this? Like we have some neighbors that they might take my kids for like an hour while I do something. I might take their kids for an hour while they do something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we have like a, like in our area, we have a couple places where I can drop the kids off for like a parent's night out or something like that. I feel mm-hmm. like looking for those type things kind of helps too. Yes. Um, I, I forgot like about those. Those parent nights that. out were the right. best. They've <laughs> gone for a really long time and now they're coming back. Um, yes. Yes. I totally remember that there's like, we had one at a, a gymnastics gym near us and it was $10 for like two or three hours. And we're just like, Oh, you know, you go out on a date or something. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is too, is like, I used to feel bad about putting my kids in aftercare, but you know, I put them in aftercare two days a week so that I can get some of my workouts done. And, you know, I think that they like it because they get to play with their friends. And then I like it because I get, you know, I can get in my workouts without feeling bad or having to, you know, skip anything. And if I have a really busy day, I know I can get a lot done in that day and then I can go work out after. So I, I think that you just kind of make it work with the kids and, you know, I, it's like you feel I have mom guilt sometimes, but then I try not to because, you know, some kids, some parents have their kids in aftercare five days a week. So I'm like, sure. you know, what? two days a week isn't, that's fine. 
Yes, totally fine. And do you have a treadmill at home too? I do. I'm very lucky in that I do have a treadmill because um, I do live in New Hampshire and it does snow a lot and it is cold a lot. So my treadmill is my go-to. I'm one of those people that probably spent 80% of the time on the treadmill this year in the winter. Mm. I don't like running in the cold. I don't like running in the snow. I don't like running in the rain. So I spend a lot of time on my treadmill and I am lucky that I can get up early on the weekends and get on the treadmill. And a lot of times my kids, you know, might just get up and, you know, kind of play with play on their own. And then they might come down and get me, you know, yeah, when they need something. Yeah. I, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the treadmill. I think that it is underrated and I know lots and lots of people hate it. It is something that you mentally have to get used to, but if once you're used to it, if you can get used to the treadmill, it is an amazing luxury, especially if you need childcare, you know, you can run at home and your kids can, you know, you, you haven't left the house. It's, it's amazing. It is. It's great. <laughs> and I know some people, they don't like doing their long runs. They think it's, you know, kind of long and boring, but I don't know. I kind of just put on a movie and I kind of think about it as like my time, you know what I mean? I'm running, mm -hmm. but it's also my time. I'll watch a little TV, listen to a podcast, re you know, listen to an audio book. It's kind of my time to chillax a little bit. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I trained for one of my marathons. We had a really snowy winter and I was on the treadmill for almost every run. I, I think I think my longest run on the treadmill was about 16 or 18 miles. And I really got into it. You know, just like you said, I just, I watched Netflix like nonstop and, you know, rocked out to music and it was great. It really is underrated. So plug for the, t for the treadmill here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I did my 20 mile run on it this year and it was fine. I watched a movie and it was fine. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so than being out in like zero degrees. hundred percent, hundred percent. I know some people love it, but <laughs> I'm just not there yet. Me neither. <laughs> so what do your kids think of you running? I, my kids, I think they love it. They think it's so great. My, every time I do a race, even if it's a 5k, they draw a picture, they say, go mom. And they get really excited about it. a lot of times they'll come see me if it's like a 5k in the area. Um, and you know, my son actually, he ran his first race with me this past year. Cause he asked to do one, which Aww. I thought was really cool. You know, um, I think seeing me do it, they kind of are more into it too. And my son tends to be very into it now and he wants to race and, you know, he's, he's only seven. So he, you know, 5k is a little bit much for him, but you know, he did his first like mile race this fall and he thought it was so cool. And hopefully maybe we eventually we could do a little bit more together. Um, and I think my daughter really loves it too. She, um, I, th I think it's important too, for her to set a positive example as a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can eat healthy and you can be strong and, you know, not always worry about your weight and things like that. And I hope that one day I do set an example for her that she can see that, you know, it's important to be healthy and strong. And, you know, I hope that one day she looks up to me and, you know, can do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was you. You already answered my next question. I was going to ask what kind of lessons do you think that they are learning watching you not only eat right and exercise, but prioritize yourself over them sometimes? You know, I think it's good for them to learn that I'm not just a mom. I, I work too. I do all different things. And I think it's a good example to set for your kids that you can really do anything you want to do. I never, 
ever thought I would ever run a marathon. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's an important lesson for them to learn looking at me and seeing that you really can do anything that you want to do. You can prioritize your time. Like mom can be at the things that I want her to be at, but also she does have time for herself. Um, and I think it's a good example to set for the kids to kind of have really good time management skills, you know, like, mm -hmm. and you, you do things ahead of time and think things ahead of time and, you know, maybe plan and things like that. Like, I think it's good lessons for my kids to learn just for life in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I kind of already know the answer to this one too, but it does, does running shape the way you think of yourself? I do. I kind of never really thought of myself as a true athlete, like, you know, cause I was kind of, I would run and I would work out here and there. But I feel like now at the age of 38, I really am in the absolute best shape of my life, which I never thought would happen. You know, when you're in your 20s, like you think that's probably the best shape of your life. But now at the age of 38, I think it's crazy that I am the fittest I've ever been. It took me a long time to get here. It's not like it happened overnight. You know, I'm six years into the process, probably like heavily working out. Um, I also can't imagine myself doing anything else. Like I love it now. I love being healthy. I love being fit. I couldn't imagine stepping away from it. Um, and now I kind of do consider myself kind of a true athlete, you know, like kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a long way from the woman who's having trouble going up the stairs. It's crazy to think back, like, cause you take, when you take multiple years off of working out, I mean, you, you just, your body just goes, it just isn't the same as, you know, what yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What are some of your favorite workouts? I love, so I had been marathon training for a couple of years and this past time I had done the 5k training with you and mm -hmm. I actually loved the hammer works that workouts. I thought they were super cool because I've never done anything like that. Like usually when you're marathon training, it's, you know, the mile, the 1.5 mile repeats, the two mile repeats or the long runs. Like you don't do a lot of like four, six, 800 stuff like that. So I thought for me, it was a really nice change. I love the format of it, just, you know, doing, you know, 11 800s or sorry, 11 400s and then six, you know, 800s. Like I love the format of it. Um, and I really enjoyed the time I had for the 5K because, you know, you spend so much time marathon training. You're doing 50, 60, 70 miles a week. You know, that's 10 miles a day on average. That's a lot of time to take out of your day. I really enjoyed the 5K because while it was hard, it was a lot less of my time but I mm -hmm. still felt like I got a lot out of it. And it's one of been one of my favorite training cycles so far. That's awesome to hear because most marathoners hate it. <laughs> when I tell them like, okay, I'd like you to do the 5k work. They're like, oh no. <laughs> I had a little bit of anxiety at first. Cause when you said, you know, your longest run might be 10 or 12 miles. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to like lose everything that I've worked for? But then I'm like, well, the 5k, you know, the 5k days are, you know, nine, 10 miles. Like it's harder workouts. Long, mm -hmm. Like it's not probably as long, but it's harder workouts. So I was like, I think I'm probably okay. Yes. Yes. And it's good for the summer too, especially when it's getting hot, yeah. you know, you don't want to be out there for three, four hours, you know, no. running long. No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you struggle with, um, with your running or is it all just fun and easy and happy? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on the day too. Cause and, and I remember you saying this to me before, cause I was like, you know, a lot of my workouts, like 
I don't really feel great. And you said to me, a lot of your workouts, you're not going to feel great. Like, okay. You know, it depends on the day. Like, you know, it depends what I eat. It depends what I drink. It depends how I feel. Um, I struggle a lot with the long workouts sometimes. It's And it's finding the time and taking the time to do them and really slowing down. Up until I started working with you, I would always run my longer workouts, I think, a little bit faster than I should. And I remember that's the first thing you said to me. You're like, your heart rate's really high for some of these, you know, 15-mile workouts. And I never really even looked at my heart rate or thought about it. So now that I have to slow it down, it takes longer and I'm just not used to it. Like I'm not used to, you know, three plus hours of running still, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it can be a little boring sometimes, but you know, and that's, I think what I struggle with the length of time, but you just get used to it. That's right. That's right. So what are your big goals and dreams with running? You've been to Boston. So what, what's the pie in the sky dream, dream goal? I would love to do the Abbott world marathons, all six of them. I did put in for New York and London this year and did not get into either. So so it might be a longer process than I think. So that's on my bucket list of things to do in, you know, maybe 10-ish years, not sure. Um, I also was thinking I might like to do an ultra at one point in my life. Mm. Um, Just something, you know, the, the marathon was something I wanted to check off on my list and an ultra is something I want to check off on my list. So that might be something that I consider in the future. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that you didn't have a time goal. You're you're a pretty fast runner, so I was expecting you to have some number, but but you have like no. nice yeah, nice goals. The numbers give me get me nervous because then it, I know I I feel like I make myself feel bad if I can't hit that number, so I like to go into a race like just really doing the absolute best that I can, honestly. Ugh. Ah, that is so great to hear and so hard to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, Megan, this has been super fun. I think I'd like to wrap up with a question that I used to ask all the time on the other show that I hosted. What is the greatest gift that running has given you? Oh, wow. Um, The greatest gift that running has given me is probably the ability to manage time. Because I, I've always been type A, but fitting in running into my schedule, I literally have to sit down on Sundays and like, look at the schedule you give me, look at the schedule of my job, look at my kid's schedule, look at my husband's schedule, and put it all together every week. I never really quite realized how much time it takes to do certain things. And to, you know, fit running into my, my life and marathon training. And I think it's really helped me manage my time in a way that is great. And it also like spills over to the rest of my life. You know, it helps me manage my time better at work. It helps me manage my time better with my kids. It helps me manage my time better with my husband, just in life overall. I love it. I love it. Well, Megan, this has been so much fun. It's been great to see your face and talk to you about this. I'm sure that you're going to be inspiring runners all over the place. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is running silent. 
When you listen to music or a podcast on the run, it can be a great way of entertaining yourself or distracting yourself from negative thoughts. I do it all the time. But every so often, leave the headphones at home and get to know the person or people inside your head. What do you say to yourself when the run gets hard? Are you kind to yourself? Are you encouraging? Do you tell yourself to dig deep when the workout gets hard? If you're always listening to something else, you can't get to know the kind of thoughts that are likely to come up when things really get hard, like in a tough race. Practice dealing with boredom, wanting to slow down or quit, or running hard up a hill without masking the thoughts in your head with music. It will teach you when to trust those thoughts and when to let them go. Thank you for listening to or watching The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.